Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tow I'll make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy Never think about the drop, never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT Show. I am MKT. I am back in the Republic of South Africa. Feeling good. Feeling good. A bit nasally, you'll notice. I've been uh, been in Paris. I've, I've been in France for three weeks. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's a bit wintry. It's, it's raining all the time. So it doesn't agree with my constitution. Flew in this morning. Um, doesn't matter when you're listening to this Just know that when you're listening to this I recorded on the day I flew in It doesn't matter which day it is I'm in podcasting It's not television You know what I mean? You're not going to see this live You don't have to It's the beauty of podcasting You should be able to listen to it at any time Anyway Three weeks France Oaks are saying Since I've come back I've changed I don't even say nice anymore I say oh that's quite nice You know Oaks are saying I'm being too much I say Oaks what am I supposed to do? I'm a cultured Northern Hemisphere citizen now. It's been three weeks. You know? Say, oh, bro, were you in Lyon? I was like, bro, it's not Lyon. It's Lyon. I was there, you know? Bro, were you in Dijon? It's Dijon. So, you know, um, you know, this is where I was. And I wasn't in Paris. I was in Paris. So that's what I'm trying to tell her. People are saying I'm being too much. I'm like, bro, I'm not going to be uncultured so you can be comfortable. That's what I'm saying to Oaks aggressively, especially considering I haven't seen anybody. It literally landed this morning. Had to recover, you know what I mean? Uh, Lufthansa, shout out to them. No free ads, but listen, they, they know what they're doing. Hey? Much happier with them than Air France. Air France, shambolic last time I flew with them. Lost two bags. Made us late. Anywho. Lufthansa, I guess all airlines have good and bad, you know, it's pretty standardized globally, but Lufthansa, very good, very nice, um, good service, had good seats, I got upgraded to premium economy on the one thing, you know, so that was pretty cool on the flight there, um, it's because they're like, oh, listen, you look a bit squashed, because if, if you've never met me, I've got the gift and the curse of these dancers' legs, Got long legs. You know, considering I'm only 179 centimeters, my legs should be like a male burlesque dancer. I don't know if, do men burlesque? It's, it's 2023. To, to any woman who said no to that, what a sexist bastard you are. It's 2023. Men can do burlesque. Why not? What is this? What is this? What is this feminine movement to hold the man down, you know, in 2023? And I'm not going to have it. I've just been to Lyon, you know. I've just been to Burgundy. In particular, Dijon. You know, the Duke of Burgundy used to live there. He, the bourgeois there had colorful roofs. You wouldn't know anything about that because you're trying to oppress men. Saying we can't do burlesque. Anyway, I've got pretty long legs. Lady said to me, I'm not going to do a German accent because... That might be seen as controversial. Um, anyway, would you like to sit? Would you like to move? Because you're looking like you're stuck, yeah? And then I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm keen. She's like, yeah, but there, there's no entertainment, she said. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I've got an S23. I've got an S22 Ultra. I don't need flipping entertainment because the, the screen wasn't working at these um, premium seats. But she was willing to move whoever wanted to move. Um, if you're willing to not have entertainment. I'm like, bro, I've got an S22 Ultra. It's the best phone on the market. I've got a 4K screen. Why, why would I need a crappy airplane screen? My screen's better than the one you give me that I'm paying for. Definitely move me there. And I ended up having a row. I met this guy from Mexico City, which was crazy. And what he did for a living. 
was really cool. But then we had the whole row to ourselves. And that middle row obviously has four seats. But in premium economy, those things are a little bit bigger, you know. So for my dancer's legs, burlesque, if I wanted to do such legs, it was perfect. So that was really cool. Lufthansa, very nice. Um, I will talk more about those travels on future podcasts. I'll do a vote. I'll do a vote to people who listen to this podcast. Stick it in the comments uh, on the podcast. I'm thinking about doing a travel vlog. Try and make it a bit funny, but I'd have to put in a bit of effort. It would take like two weeks. I'm thinking of doing like a six-part episode, like episodic. Um, so I think, I think I'll do it on TikTok and maybe share it on other platforms. Maybe I'll make it like a two, three-minute for each episode. I'm thinking about doing it. Should I do that? Get your votes in. I don't know how, how I can actually measure who says yes and no. It might be boring, but I, I've been thinking about it. So I, I think I'll do something like that. But let the listeners decide, you know. Uh, by the way, no big deal. We are now getting tw- around 1,200 listeners um, per episode. You know, over the last three months, it's jumped. Uh, which is an, it's not massive to the normal consumer. But by South African podcast standards, 1,200. Considering I do absolutely no marketing for this podcast, by the way, which isn't great. Um, 1,200 people is insane. Per, per episode uh, has been the average over the last um, two and a half months. So it's grown nicely. It's growing nicely. Now I'm going to start putting some effort into the podcast. Hoo-wee. Hoo-wee. Had some conversations in France. By the way, put in the comments. For those who don't know, Rugby World Cup final in France. I was the expert on the panel for France 24. I'll put that in the comments. If you haven't seen it, look at the comments. <laughs> you know what I mean? People think I'm just football. And a lot of people have DM'd me and say, oh, Brie, you look so good in that suit. I say, ho, ho, ho. Pump the brakes there, Sally. It's not a suit. It's an Italian tailored suit. Let's get that right immediately. I mean, I would never wear anything else. It's Italian fabric and it's tailored. Those are two separate things because you can buy a French tailored suit. You can you can buy a German tailored suit. You can buy a Turkish tailored suit. It's Italian tailored. So when people say to me, you look good in a suit, I'm like, brother, my sister, like back it up a little bit. It's not just a suit. It's Italian and it's tailored. Have some respect. And you know what? Respect yourself. It's not even about me. I know I'm wearing Italian tailored and I know I look good. I'm in great shape first and foremost. That's where you start looking good in a suit. Let's just get that out the way, you know. But secondary to that is it's Italian tailored. So when you see me in in the future ever wearing a suit, I very rarely wear a suit, you know. Cometh the hour, cometh the Italian suit, as the old saying goes. Uh, as It's an old Roman saying if you haven't heard it. Um, so yeah, it's, it pre, pre, predates the, the modern day Roman. So they wouldn't have really had it uh, in any of their modern languages, you know. Um, it's not in Latin. It, it even predates the Latin language. Cometh the hour, cometh the Italian tailored suit. Um, anyway, have some respect is, is the point here. So you can check that out. France 24 World Cup final. I was the expert on the panel. Jean-Emile, by the way, shout out to him. Follow him if you haven't already. Um, Jean-Emile. Jaminet. So he's with me. France 24. You can check it out. It's in the link. If you didn't see me doing my thing, the suit's Italian and it's tailored. I think we've spoken about it. Okay. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk Arsenal. Mikel Arteta having a huge whinge. Oh my goodness. How disgusting is this guy now? Talk about, I'll tell you why he's wrong, right? And not just because I'm feeling that way. I'll tell you why, what my thoughts are on people who whinge about referees uh, in the long term and the standard of refereeing in England. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk and then we'll, we'll go to the mailbag. Uh, we'll go to the mailbag. Uh, so for those who don't know, just got back three weeks in Paris. Spent, you know, my sister lives in Paris. Uh, I went to Lyon. I went to, oh, I went to Dijon, Lyon and Paris. That was my three weeks. It was unbelievable. Uh, obviously brought home the William Webb Ellis. I'm closer. What are you going to do? They had to get a close on the France 24 English feed, obviously. Closer captain for the spring bath, closer captain, uh, closer guy in an Italian tailored suit. Deliver the goods, you know what I mean? <laughs> Flying the South African flag high. If you want things to go right, go closer. As that, that's another old saying. Um, you know, if you want things to go right, go closer. In every facet, by the way. Ladies, if you're listening to this and you, you're like, it's so hard to find a good man. Or, or guys, or guys, by the way. Like, you can 
guys are finding men. Oh, yes, please. You know, if men can be burlesque, they can date men as well. And and if you're triggered by that, I don't know. I can't help you. Can't help you. You know. Anywho, if you wanna, if you want your life to go well, get a closer man involved. You know. I, I don't know about women. I don't want to start commenting on closer women because if you don't know, they've got a bit of a reputation in South Africa. So I don't really want to start addressing that now. Um, you know, it's a different thing. I, let's just stick to Madiba and Saya Kolasai and me, obviously, because I was on the World Cup final feed as the lead expert alongside Leo, who is unbelievable presenter, and then Jean-Emile Jaminet, who's, uh, who's, the, who's the man there. You can check that out. That'll be in the description, by the way. I'll put it in the description if you want to see it. If you want to see me in my Italian tailor suit, go ahead. Moral of the story. You want things to go right in your life. Get, in it, get a closer man in the mix. I, again, I need to... It's important that I discern the two. I don't know about closer women because... Again, leave it in the comments. Perhaps you've had an experience with a closer woman in a romantic sense or they're in your family. I'm not going to say what their reputation is, right? I'm going to leave it to um, to those of you who listen. Uh, hit me up, MKT Inspires or the MKT Show on Twitter. Um, maybe we should do a hashtag. Um, difference between closer men and women. No, that's too long. Um, X-Men versus X... Yeah, X-Men vs. X-Women. Hashtag that. And I'll see if I can start sharing it around. I'll start speaking to a few... Uh, of the causa influences that yeah because you know the caucasians like say are you causa bro say i'm not causa and that is causa man anyway anywho i think you get the takeaway though. get the closer oaks involved you're gonna bring home two world cups in a row give you democracy you're welcome you're welcome all right let's get into it um moni libok listen i had somebody who i um who i really admire who's given me an opportunity to work uh on the international level, drop me a, mass, a message while I was in Paris. You know, I wasn't really entertaining too many messages. I was, uh, I was in the thick of it, having a time of my life. Time of my life out there. Jesus, I was uh, living in the Dolce Vita. But great to see my sister, by the way. She's, uh, wow, she's something else. Had a great time. Great time. I was living in the 15th district. It's a uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a rather nice part of France from what I hear. I mean, I'm, I'm a working class hero, so it didn't matter to me. But 15th district, trust me, that's where you want to be. Uh, I didn't realize this until I got some feedback that uh, 15th district, the 15th district is where you want to be. I could see the Eiffel Tower out of my, it was 2.6 case for me. I could see it out of my window. It was incredible. Anywho, so this person sent me a message and said, I really hope Libok is the guy for the next World Cup. And I said to him, he's 26. And this, uh, this guy replied to me and he said, I'm not going to say who he is. Um, and he listens to the podcast. So if he wants me to say who it is, I will. But he said he likes Libok. I said, he's 26. Like, this is what he is now. I didn't say all of this. I said, I also hope it works out. Because he said, I really like Libok. I hope he's the guy for the next World Cup. But then I said, he's 26. The problem with being 26, 26 in normal life is young, right? Men, I think, develop between 28 and 35. That's when they become, they go from boy to man. But 26 for rugby age, like you are what you are now. And listen, there's been a previous comment. I told you the problem with Libok and he would cost us. And he had to come off against England after 33 minutes. Not because he's a bad guy. But he's not made for those moments when it gets tight. Because let me give you an example. Artists are great. You know, creatives are great. But when there's financial pressure, I want an accountant. You know what I mean? I don't need you expressing yourself when there's an economic crunch or we've got to fire people. I, I, don't, need, I don't need the marketing team for that. I, like, I like creatives, but they're good when things are okay. Creatives are not great <laughs> when the squeeze comes on. And it's really, that's what it is, right? He's the artist with a blank canvas, and that's all good and well uh, when the bourgeois 
are, are going to fund it. You and your Michelangelo, and you can pay, paint bloody the Sistine Chapel times 50, and you're getting funded. But what happens when there aren't resources? Then you, then what? When things get tight, what happens? What happens? And you saw it, right? You saw it in that semi-final against England. And it's not because I hate the guy. But templates are important when you want to replicate behavior, right? Exciting isn't replicable, right? Because exciting is the scariest thing, actually. The more and more you get into personal relationships, right? When somebody graduates from your fling to your girlfriend to your wife, there's one thing that you all want. Or, and, and if you're a lady boyfriend, you, you get it. But when they graduate from fling, girlfriend, wife, there's one thing you want in their behavior. It's consistency. Because you know what people like is predictability. Right? So you want to know that your wife, 65% of the time, is going to be a certain person. No one's perfect. Right? The problem with Marnie Liebock is I don't think he knows what he's going to do with the ball when it comes to him. Now, what you've got to keep in mind is there's 120 kilogram men that need to know in three phases, where's the ball going? And the problem with exciting is he wants to express himself when it's raining. He's dropping the ball. It's now, and here's the thing about creatives. Creatives are usually just what they are. They usually don't have a plan B. So this is what I like about accountants and actual scientists. They've thought about plan F. In their lives, in at work and whatever, that's where you saw Pollard come in. Because then when Pollard came in, I was sitting, literally, I, I was sitting at the semi-final. I had I was four rows back. I could hear everything the English bench was saying. That's how close I was to the action. And at Start de France, the way it's built, it's actually it's you don't need to be people are probably going, Oh bro, that's too close. It's not, it's perfect because the seats are elevated. So I had a perfect view of the game. Pollard came on and the whole game changed. You know why? Because everyone knew where to be. And the other thing about consistent people, right? So take it into your own life again. You know when, after she's been your girlfriend for a while and you've been mucking about and you're like, what am I doing? Let me marry this person. Because actually when they're around, I'm not scared to to do more, to try and achieve more because they make me feel safe enough to make mistakes. And when you feel safe to make mistakes, you, you actually often don't make mistakes. When, you, when you're playing off the leash in life, right? when you really go for stuff and you, you, you can really throw yourself into something, that's when you're going to flourish. And that's what Pollard did for the Springboks. It settled everyone down because then guys knew is, even if we make mistakes, not to worry. We've got a guy who's got tactical kicking, the up and under, Right, the territorial kicking, and then if they dare make a mistake, and we're the Springboks, well, you saw what happened, and he's not missing. Didn't miss a kick this World Cup. Mister doesn't miss. So to the gentleman who said, "I like Leibok," I also like Leibok, because please, I'm very boring, right, as a person. I like exciting, but I prefer winning. Listen, wherever you are, right, if you're sitting right now is you've had an exciting boyfriend, an exciting girlfriend, and now you've got your husband and your wife who perhaps aren't as exciting, but they're husband and wife material. Because, you know, that's a different thing now. The World Cup semi-final isn't URC, guys. It isn't the All Blacks at Twickenham in games that don't matter. That's fine. Throw it around all you like. There's no consequences. That's where consistency is great. When there's consequences... Right? And, and the greater the consequences, obviously, the more you need templates. And we see this in business all the time. You must remember, sport is, sport is a business. And, and scaling and modeling is applicable everywhere, by the way. You can apply it to your own life, even. You could really, if you didn't want to be a romantic, and I think it's more romantic to do it this way, but some people don't agree, is you could model your own life. You could, rep, you could judge your partner's behavior and see how consistent they are. And your own behavior to your partner. Right? Leibok's not consistent enough for me to have him as a test fly-off. And he's 26. This is what he is. He's not changing. Like, you don't change in rugby terms at 26. Like, in real life terms, 26 is like 43. Like, in real life, he's 43. Right? Like, 26, he is what he is now. He can't kick for goal. He doesn't have a tactical kicking 
um, option. He doesn't have an up and under and he can't territorially kick. He cannot territorially kick. I was sitting there. I was watching his up and unders. They were horrendous. The lack of accuracy. He wasn't. He wasn't. He, n- number one. So Pollard, as soon as he came on, he would set up. So two, three phases. And then essentially he'd be pointing to the forwards or to the winger where he was kicking it. So it, he wouldn't just up and under. Leibok would be trying to run it, run it, run it. And then, oh no, I'm stuck. Let me up and under. And no one's chasing. And it, it's not coordinated. These are little things that I think you need to be at the stadium sometimes to see what a guy does. But I promise you, when Pollard came on, the entire game changed. The shape of the game changed. Because Pollard played what was in front of him, not what he felt like doing. And and that's, that, for me, is why he's the greatest fly-half South Africa's ever produced. He's not the most exciting. People say Henry Honeyball. And, uh, the, you know, he's he's not... The most talented player. He's the best player. And I always say this to people. Particularly at the highest level. There's a reason why Sir Alex would have, you know, John O'Shea and these types of guys. Wes Browns. These aren't the best players. Listen, if, if you're a Barcelona fan, Carlos Puyol wasn't the best player. Right? But he was the best player for the team. And the higher the level you go, you're picking teams, you're not picking players. Right? Talent is icing. And Leibok is icing. I'm afraid the fly-off has to be the cake. I've said this before. I don't want to create a fly-off. I don't want to playmaker fly-off. I want my 13, my fullback, uh, maybe my eighth man. Those must be my X-Factor guys. I don't want my X-Factor 10. Johnny Wilkinson. (laughs) Toast, Toast with butter. That's it. Dan Carter, toast with butter. A decision maker. He's not trying to be a playmaker. Three phases kick, three phases kick, three phases kick. Don't try and be exciting, mate. Not at this level, the athletic talent's too good. So I like Lee Bok, but he's 26. Um, I'd be frightened if he's the Bok fly half at the next World Cup. It would frighten me to the core. And I understand why people want him, by the way. Exciting is cool. And he's a nice story. But he's not good enough. Not 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 for this level. And I, I think I got a message and I did read it out in the mailbag. People thought I hated Leibok. I don't hate him. I've just been watching rugby for too long. I know what it looks like when Johnny Wilkinson is there. I know what it looks like when Butch James is doing his role. I know what it looks like when the great Daniel Carter, Stephen Donald, plug and play. I just know what it... I, I'm not interested in exciting. You know what I prefer to being exciting in, in life and in sport? Winning. I want to win. Don't pick, don't pick the most exciting players. Don't pick the best players. Pick the best team. And the best team fly off, arguably in the history of World Cup rugby, is Andre Pollard. He's certainly the greatest Springbok fly off of all time. You can have, go argue with Henry Honey Boy, he's a big tackler, playmaker, whatever. You go argue that. You know what I mean? Two out of two World Cups. And, and, and he's, he's 80% of the reason we're winning, by the way. Yes, the coaches, yes, whatever, the pack, yes, the scrum, yes, Oxen J, love to hear it. At the end, <laughs> Oxala, at the end of the day, you know how you win? Points. Under immense pressure, by the way. And let me tell you something. Semi-final, I was there. It was raining. You, you probably couldn't see it on TV. It was raining hard. <laughs> it wasn't just... It was pelting down. It was proper. And it was raining the whole game as well. It wasn't just raining. So the underfoot slippery to, to kick that 50-meter one. Balls of steel. Balls of steel. The greatest. And Mani Libok uh, worries me. So, no, I'm not into it. I've got to push back on my mate, who I love. But, nah. If Leibok's the Springbok fly half in four years' time, as South Africans, you should be extremely worried that we haven't produced a test fly-off because he's not a test fly-off. Because let me tell you in order what, what you have to be able to do in test rugby. I don't care about other rugby because it's not real. The only stuff that matters is test rugby. Number one, territorial kicking. So what does that mean? Put your pack on the front foot. That doesn't necessarily mean you're kicking for touch, by the way. Right? And then in the modern game, the up and under. And those are not the same thing. Because territorial kicking can be the grubber, the chip over the top, 
Just put your put your big boys on the front foot. Put it, you know, the, the chip and chase so that you're tackling them out for the line out. Uh, these are little things that allow you to gain territory and maintain the ball. The other part of that is kicking into the corners. And Libok, forget it. He, he, he doesn't have that, right? He can't kick for goal. He doesn't have te- territorial kicking. He doesn't have an up and under. And those are the three things you've got to be able to do before you can play make. I'm not worried about playmaking. That's a second option. Don't worry about it. Like you should be able to do that, but that shouldn't be you. It's not your primary function. Listen, I like a left back that scores goals. But like Dennis Irwin, I prefer that you are a defender first. Like Ashley Cole was a was a world class defender first. It just so happens that he can also go forward. So that's just what it is. That's why I don't like Trent Alexander Arnold. He's not fulfilling. His proper mandate. Marnie, your your mandate is to kick points, my man. I fly off with kick points, bro. Sorry. I can't buy it. I'm not going to get caught up in the romance here. The Springboks don't play rugby. We win rugby matches, guys. We don't play World Cups. We win World Cups. Four. Marnie's not the guy. It's a beautiful story. Listen, there's a lot of beautiful stories out here. I'm sure there are a lot of people you like at your office. But in your heart of hearts, if I said to you, if you're going to pitch for two of you to go as a team to get a promotion and to get a thirty, forty thousand dollar increase in your in your salary, but you have to go as a team. There's people you like at work, but you know they're not that guy. They're not that girl. You're not going to put them forward for that marketing position where, where they're looking for a team, right? You you know this. Leibok's not that guy. It's a nice story, but he's not that guy. This is not URC. URC. It's big school. It's big school. Come on now. So let's find the fly half. To move forward with for the spring box. Um, the All Blacks complaining about the refs weird. Eh? You know it's weird. You, you know why it's weird. Um, I would I wouldn't mind if they complained and they lost because they didn't miss kicks. But Mwanga missed his kick and so did Jordy Barrett. And for a distance kicker, by the way, that Jordy Barrett kick you saw at Pollard. <laughs> well, as we say here, Pollard made made the pots to happen. He made the pots in short, shorthand, a little bit of shorthand. So why are the All Blacks not saying we missed five points? One conversion, one penalty. Makeable, by the way. Why aren't you saying that? Why aren't you saying um, the the outside center, it, it escapes me now. What an incredible tackle by Arantza, by the way. But he's got the ball in the wrong hand. If, if the ball's in the correct hand, he hands Arantza off there and he... He scores in the corner. So, the All Blacks, right? Like, why aren't they saying we missed five points? So, you left five points out there and it's the ref's fault. As though the Springboks didn't get two yellows as well. Come on, man. Come on. All Blacks, you're better than that. We're going to talk about Arsenal a bit later. You're better than that. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get why a formal complaint was necessary. Was it about the red card? You know what the challenge for the All Blacks is? And oh, it's the New Zealand international rugby team. The, 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 this isn't the All Blacks. Is you never want to be the guy to follow the guy. Problem is Graham Henry, Steve Hansen, and now Ian Foster's not the guy. He's not the guy. Um, I said it on France 24 where I was the lead expert for the World Cup uh, rugby final, by the way. You can um, catch that in the link. Where I was wearing an Italian tailored suit. Some people in life are number twos, guys. I, I say this to to friends and to romantic interests in the past. I've said this is not everybody's meant to be a husband or a wife. Not everybody's meant to be a parent, guys. Not everybody should be that. Please don't feel pressure out there. Some of you aren't about that. Some of us aren't about that. Not everybody's meant to be a husband or a wife. It's hot in there. It's hot in that kitchen. Not everybody's meant to be a number one, is my point. Ian Foster's not a number one, guys. Ian Foster is not a number one. Steve Hansen, alpha dog. Sir Graham Henry, alpha dog. Rusty Erasmus, alpha. Sir Clive Woodward, alpha, number one. This New Zealand international men's rugby team has not felt elite since Ian Foster took over. Be honest. Since... uh, Since 2015, they've not felt elite. They've not. 
And the thing is, you, you have to be honest about that. You, you have to be willing to look at it in the eye and go, nah. They haven't been those guys, especially under Ian Foster. He's a number two. And it's important in life to know yourself, guys. It's important in life to know yourself. It's what I give Nino Abba great credit for. He knows Rassi's number one. And I'm just the guy who's going to dovetail here. He knows. And he plays his role. My father used to say this to me. And I thank him every day as I get older and I, I face life's challenges as, as I'm trying to be an ambitious person. He used to say, you know, the world is a better place. And you have to listen to this carefully because he used to repeat it to me and explain it every time like I was an idiot, which I was. But he said, the world is a better place when two things happen. And these are two separate things. The world is a better place when people know their role. That's part one. You have to know your role. That's part one. But there's a second part to knowing your role. And, and these things, right, are separate from one another. There's a mutual exclusivity here. You have to know your role. But then you must play your role. Those are not the same thing. Boyfriend and husband are not the same role. Girlfriend and wife are not the same role. Wife and mother are not the same role. If you got to, if you know your role as a wife, okay, you'll graduate again. At some stage, you're going to harbor life. Those are not the same role. Once you know your role, the most challenging part is to play your role. Ian Foster's not that guy. He didn't know his role. Should have stayed at number two, my man. It's hot in the kitchen here, bro. And the other challenge was Sam Kane having to follow the great um, Sir Richie McCall. I mean, <laughs> it's an impossible, you know. It's like whoever has to follow Sia now. There are only two men in the history of rugby who have lifted the William Webb Ellis back to back. It's a small class. Sir Richie McCall. Mdase. Sia Colisi. So, Sia Colisi for some part. For some acts out there. Good old Sia. Mr. Rachel. I was just saying he's Mr. Rachel. I'm like, oh my, so disrespectful. What if Rachel doesn't want to, doesn't roll like that? But Sire, Collis, Sire, Sir Richie McCall. Damn guys. Sam Kane, come on, man. He's the most diluted version of, he, he's what, he, he's a B grade. You know those B grade movies? You know American Pie after like the eighth one where they couldn't afford the proper oaks anymore. Sam Kane feels like that. It's like, he says all the right stuff. But he's even a little bit smaller than Richie McCaw. I feel like they even highlighted his hair to make it look like Richie McCaw a little bit. You know what I mean? He, even in stature, he's like smaller than Richie McCaw. But he, he's not as presidential as Richie McCaw. Like, like everything about him is a step down from Richie McCaw. And then he goes and does that. And you know what? I, you know, there's a trend I don't like in, in the world in general. Like a pity party for these millionaires. Like, I don't give a crap if Sam Kane's a nice guy. Why does he get let off and people who, who make $10,000 a year don't? Like, you and I don't get let off in an office. Why is there a pity party for famous people who are making millions of dollars a year? Why do they get a softer landing? Oh, be nice to him. Like, if you don't want criticism, here's my thing about famous people that I, I cannot stand and they claim abuse. Like I saw Wayne Barnes now saying the abuse is becoming too much. Oh my goodness. Quit then, which Wayne Barnes has. Shout out to you, great career. My thing about, about famous people, nobody's forcing you to do a public job. You don't have to be a rugby player. You don't have to be a coach. You don't have to be a referee. Do something else. I tell you what, if you don't want criticism in life, go and work at a post office. I've never heard anybody go and say, Reginald at the post office in Dunkelt. Just despicable how he, his wrist technique for revealing my envelope to me, you know, just his envelope workmanship just isn't what it used to be 15 years ago when, you know, when I grew up post office, like no one's saying that, but if you're going to earn five, ten million dollars or whatever Sam Kane earns a year, you've got to expect criticism. This is crazy to me. It's crazy how Marcus Rashford thinks calling out channels is and we, like, I'm sorry, I'm not having it, by the way. I cannot stand the rich, super rich people that are, are, are 
voluntarily choosing public lives are talking about abuse. Like, bro, don't be on social media then. Or don't have a public job. Go and go and get your degree and, and work like most of the world. I'm sorry, I, I have no time for that. I have no time for powerful rich people, right? And I say powerful, but I have no time for rich people having a whinge. Money doesn't protect you from being human. That's not what I'm saying. But what you have to understand, and I said it earlier, know your role, play your role. If you are in the public sphere, there's going to be opinions about what you do. If you don't like that, quit. I I hate this leaning towards it's abuse. It's not. People who pay for the game are perfectly entitled to it. You know, it's not new either. It's gotten so much better. Just 300 years ago, if you're British and people didn't like the play, because that's what sportsmen are, performers, they'd throw tomatoes at you. Now you heckle a player and you're abusive. And I'm not saying, oh, back to the good old days. I'm saying the more you earn in life, the more criticism you should be open to because it comes with that territory. And by the way, I know everyone on social media is perfect, but envy is a part of society and people should be envious. Right? Get over yourself. I'm not having Sam Kane's a nice guy, give him a break. What are we talking about? He's the, he's the bloody New Zealand captain, the greatest rugby, um, well, second greatest rugby team of all time. For William Moy you know what I mean? I nearly said greatest rugby team of all time. They're not. You've got to win a William Bellis. I'm not having that. He's a nice guy. He's not Richie McCaw. You, listen, school sport, participation, pat on the back. World Cup Rugby, did you win or not? It's about winning at the top, guys. Life lessons in sport are learned in amateur sport. Sam Kane ain't that guy. Know your role and then play your role. Sam Kane ain't that guy. I think they made a mistake backing him, but it is what it is. At this stage. Just a quick one. Um, Glenn Maxwell. I was on a plane. Lufthansa. Shout out. Uh, going from Paris to Frankfurt. At the time when this madness happened. Max 201. From 90, 95 for 1. Were they 91 for 7? Sorry. Australia. Glenn Maxwell made a double ton to win it against Afghanistan. And essentially set up South Africa versus Australia. If the Proteas win, by the way, I am going to India. So I will bring home two trophies in one year. If the, when the Proteas beat Australia, I'm flying to India. That's happening. It's going to take me 18 hours. I'm going to get there on the Friday. It's probably going to be a disaster. I've, I've been, listen, flying to India is not a joke. It's not sisterhood of the traveling pants for Yorks who think, oh, India is such a romantic place to go to. It's not. It, it is an assault on all of your senses. Please don't go to India and think, oh my God, I'm just going to discover myself. I broke up with my boyfriend and I'm just going to go just to be spiritually enlightened. India's hectic. Anyway, missed a couple of planes in India. Been there a couple of times. But if the Proteus, when the Proteus beat Australia, I'm going, to, I'm going to India to the final. The Gujarat Stadium in Ahmedabad has a 150,000-seater stadium. I, I, I need to experience that. I've been to Eden Gardens. Eden Gardens back then, I think, was 98. And it was a madhouse. It was a madhouse. I, I mean, it was built in like the year i think the ninth century though it felt very rickety but what a what an incredible experience but glenn maxwell shout out to you people saying it's the greatest innings of all time i fell into that trap after i saw it obviously i just saw crick info when i when i, I got to frankfurt that's how we said germany you know what i mean i'm saying it like the germans now because i'm a european frankfurt um and immediately I texted a former a cricket journalist and I said, is that the greatest earnings of all time? He sent me a voice note and he said, bro, come on. He was slogging. So anyway, watched it on the plane and I thought, nah, it's good. But it's it's better than Sachin Tendulkar's double ton because Sachin opened. But it's not as good as Ricky Ponting's 140 plus that he made at the Wanderers. I was there. Shout out to 2003 Pond, Panta. So it's a good innings. Not sure where it falls. But it's not the greatest innings of all time. Relax. And, brew the drops, two drops. That first one, what? Afghanistan, what? But guts, grit, and the BMT to make it happen. Shout out Glenn Maxwell. And with cramps, by the way. Yeah, no, 201. It's not the greatest innings of all time, though. I, I don't even think it makes the top 10. Um, 
How small is that field? He was hitting it. He was, he was swatting it with cramps and it was flying over the boundary. How, how small are those boundaries? Are like 50 meter boundaries. Shout out Glenn Maxwell though. Listen, credit where it's due. Credit where it's due. But we're going to beat Australia next week and then I, I can fly to India. Um, but I had to, I had to shout that out. Double ton in one day cricket. Not opening is hysterical. It doesn't matter who you play. You, you could play Timbuktu and you could play my dead, my dead grandmother and her friends and get 201. Chasing, not opening the batting. Sensational, mate. Glenn Maxwell, mate. Oh, mate, don't be negative, mate. Shout out to Eddie Jones. Okay, let's talk uh, Mikel Arteta and why he's wrong. Um, you know, winning's a funny thing, hey? W- winning's very funny. Because only one person can win. You know, if people want a boyfriend, a girlfriend, only one girl gets the guy. One guy gets the girl, etc. You know, only one person can be the CEO. Only one person can be the CFO. Winning's a very, very funny thing. Because there can only be one winner. And we know that. All right. And the other thing we know, which we, we sort of delude ourselves, is more people lose in life than win. Because there is only one. And it is a zero-sum thing. Like, there is no, oh, you also won. I know these Montessori schools now, everyone gets a medal, but that's not how it really works. The person who came first is the winner. More people lose than win in life. It's just the way the proverbial cookie crumbles. It's not a real cookie. You shouldn't be eating cookies. Here's the thing about men, though. Men have to win in public, and one thing they hate to do is to lose in public. I don't know if it's an ego thing. I don't know what it is. But I'm just telling you what men are. I'm speaking for men. I'm not speaking for women at this stage. Men are awful at accepting defeat, particularly in public. Men. I'm I'm talking about men. I'm a man. I know. I'm talking about myself here. We refuse to accept defeat in public. Fergus United. Wenger's Arsenal. Jose's Chelsea. Pep's Man City. They all won titles. And I've listed those... As the dynasties, right? Those dynasties all won titles. With worse howlers, by the way. People have very short um, recency bias in terms of memories. Very short memories. The refing was way worse than, and there were so many mistakes. Oh, my goodness. No, nobody will tell you this. I, I guess it doesn't fit the current narrative if you're a Liverpool fan or all these people that aren't good enough to actually win and get closer and want a reward for coming second like Liverpool and Arsenal is those dynasties, Fergie, Wenger, Jose, Peps, Peps Man City, they've won with howlers before VAR. They've, they've won with howlers against them, for them. If anything, by the way, this is where Arteta's being stupid. If anything, VAR is to protect big teams. Because big teams are in that team's box more often than not. So you're going you're gonna to be in the mix to get VAR decisions more often than not as a big team. Arsenal didn't lose because of VAR. Like, what's Arteta talking about? You lost because you don't have a striker. That's proper. You can't have Gabriel Jesus. There's a reason Man City... Man City don't let players go. They're like Real Madrid. Like, if you're that guy, that Man City, you're not leaving Man City. Not at your peak. Gundogan, the injuries are starting now. He's done company they let him go they let you go david silver it was the end bernardo silver you see how they've held on to him because they know he's that guy he's they're going to grind him out for another two years he turns 31 32 cheers mate they're incredible at that man city don't sell players when they sold gabriel jesus it's like no we know we've seen him we we, we've had him for enough years to realize this guy's not going to score 30 goals anyway you didn't lose because of var you lost because you can't beat newcastle who Dortmund hammered twice because you don't have a striker. You know, it's got nothing to do with VAR. I'm sorry. And I, I don't want to defer to the lazy, although true, it all evens itself out. But that's not what happened because it's not a foul. And we've seen now with the Saudi technology, the ball was not out. So what are people talking about? That is not a foul on the back stick, by the way. And I hate how... Arteta said in Spain, in Italy, in this, we've always loved the English Premier League. You know why? 
it's the most physical of all the leagues. The, the English Premier League still, to this day, allows the most physical contact, which is why, just purely as a television product, the football might not be as good as La Liga, right? Technically. But as a television product, physicality just shows up well on television. It's why Atletico Madrid is a fantastic TV product. You know, that pa- like passion comes through a screen. Passion and, and confrontational comes through the screen. The beauty of English football is it's, they, allow, they allow a little more room in that space, right? So it's not a foul and the ball's not out. Why is Mikel Arteta saying it's not a goal? What about it isn't a goal? Why are people finding it deplorable? The ball is not out, right? So we've seen that with clear technology now. The Saudi technology is clear. We've seen it. If you haven't, go to the internet. It's a little thing. That's just come out. It's called the internet. It's not a foul. And it's not a, It's not out. It, and it's not a foul. I'm sorry. What are we talking about? He hasn't pushed him. How else are you supposed to challenge for a 50-50 at the back stick? It's not a foul. I don't know, I don't know what we're talking about. Here. Here's the other thing, right? Like, it's so lazy to say the refs are, pa- are bad. Refereeing standards are higher than they've ever been. The refs are fitter than they've ever been. They make way less mistakes than they've ever made. The only reason that it feels like refs make more mistakes now is that everything's on YouTube now. So when a guy makes a mistake, we talk about it for three weeks. In the 90s, we didn't. Because you wouldn't even pick up the mistakes, by the way. Fergie time, all this stuff. Timekeeping was a shambles. Under Mourinho, the Chelsea dominant era... Wenger's magnificent invincibles. There were so many errors. The, the tackles, the red cards that weren't given, yellow cards that weren't given, like the offsides that were wrong. By the way, we, 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 I, I, I'd love to see how many offsides, I'll, I'll try and look for this, weren't given for the great Arsenal teams, the great Man United teams, the great Chelsea teams, weren't given, right? And they led to cup victories. And the, I mean, you saw, is a disgrace with Drogba, Right? I mean, come on. Three penalties that Chelsea should have had against Barcelona. But but nobody talks about how poor refereeing used to be relative to now. Refereeing's great now. I don't want to hear from anybody. It's just that we want it to be like a TV game now. It's not how it works. And you're not silly. As VAR is seeking perfection, um, this is real-life drama. We, we must never forget that. The English Premier League is a TV show. It's not a football match. It's a TV show. And in order for for it to become and and stay what it is, we can't have perfection. We can have excellence, which is what the refereeing is for crying in a bucket. These people that say the refereeing standard in England's low. It's it's such nonsense. And if anything, the other leagues are easier to ref because the tempo is slow. I'm not saying the football's worse. I, I don't think that's true. I think it's a very lazy analysis to say the quality, the technical quality of the football in Germany and Spain and Italy. But the tempo is slower. So people think that the referees are better there. But no, the game's slower. It, it, it just is what it is. And listen, people in Spain complain. People complain to La Liga. Trust me. <laughs> I do some work with La Liga. I'm, I see the stuff on the comments. You know? Uh, probably the less said about refs right now in the Liga, the, 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 the better. Especially if you're, if you're from Catalonia, I'm just saying. You know, they're going to have to clean up that mess. We'll, we'll see how that ends up. But the refereeing standards are higher and better than ever. The refs are better trained than ever. The lines, um, the referees, assistants are, are better than ever. I don't know what people are talking about. I don't blame fans, though, for feeling this way because fan is short for fanatical. You're supposed to be crazy about it. But it's not true. It's not true to say refereeing is worse. It's far better than it's ever been. And VAR, for what it is, is great. It's being used for stuff that it shouldn't be. Now, that's a separate conversation. But Mikel Arteta, I don't know what he's whinging about. And questioning the integrity of the game. Like, come on, dude. Because the, the real truth is Arsenal aren't a championship team. Decisions went against Fergie, against Mourinho, against Pep. Here's the thing about 38 games, guys. 38 games shows you what you are. There's no hiding room. It's not a cup competition. 
Anyone can win a cup. Uh, like that's just Portsmouth won the FA Cup, you know. Anybody can win a cup. Takes five or six victories in your champion. 38 games shows you what you are. Arsenal are not a championship team. And Mikel Arteta doesn't like losing. And here's why he's wrong. He didn't lose because of Vieira. He lost because he's a good coach, not a great coach. The great coaches figure it out. I remember when I was playing academy football, rule number one, no matter what level you've played at, take the ref out of it. Guys, Fergie kept winning. Mourinho kept winning. Pep kept winning. Same refs, same VAR. Arteta's a good coach. He's not a great coach. Great coaches win. Figure it out. And by the way, if you want to take the refs out of it, find a way to manipulate the refs. Fergie did. Mourinho did. Pep does. Don't you dare think they are not manipulating the refs, putting pressure on the refs. We know the Fergie time, he's tapping the watch. Mourinho, you know, he's hiding in baskets. I mean, this is a a madman. Mourinho's meeting referees in the middle of the field. Those things matter. You pile the pressure on them. You've got to work the referee. It's part of being a great manager. Arteta doesn't have that in him. He wants to go whinge for three minutes. I couldn't believe it. But to question the integrity of the English Premier League is so stupid. Here's why it's stupid. If let, let, Let's just say the league was going to fix it. You know who they'd fix it for? Because the league dreams nothing of nothing more than making money. Right? The English Premier League, what I like about the English Premier League is it doesn't apologize for what it is. They only care about money. Right? Like they, they know, I'm not deluded in the English Premier League thinking they care about me as a fan or this or that. And I know a lot of football romantics don't like the English Premier League. That's fine. Listen, I think it's okay. Um, you, you are entitled to be as romantic as you want about football. But I, I accept the world as it is, not how I want it to be. Right? And l- listen, th- there's probably integrity conversations to have separate from this. But what I enjoy about the Premier League is that they're honest. And if the Premier League wanted to fix it, here's where Arteta, his silly argument becomes unstuck. Liverpool, Man United and Arsenal are the staples of the romantic English ideal. So those would be the clubs to fix it for. If they were to fix, if the, if the EPL were going to fix it, you know, you know who they're going to fix it for? Their biggest brands. That is undoubtedly Manchester United, Arsenal and Liverpool. Man United have not won a title for a decade. Liverpool have won in 30 years. Arsenal haven't won one in two decades. Right? The British establishment hate Chelsea. Right? They hate Man City. They hate Newcastle. They hate these clubs. They want the good old days, the big four. Tottenham. That's who they want. That's who the big that those are the brands that lead. So if they were going to fix it, Mikel, they'd fix it for you. So it's nonsense to question the integrity of the tournament because if anyone's going to benefit, it would have been you. You, you would make sense for the league to fix it for. You, 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 I would say Arsenal's the second, third biggest club in the league. So the English Premier League would want the money of making Arsenal win because that would be good for the English Premier League's pockets. So I thought it was absolutely stupid. Listen, Ferguson, Wenger, Douglish, Mourinho, Mancini, Ancelotti, Pellegrini, Klopp, Guardiola and Ranieri. Those are 10 men in 31 seasons in what we call the greatest show on earth, the English Premier League, that have won a title in 31 years. Only 10 men. Men don't like to lose in public. Arsenal are good. They are not good enough. Love to hear your thoughts. The MKT show, MKT Inspires, hit me up. Your thoughts. Is Arteta right? Is VAR overstepping its mark? What are your thoughts on the way Arteta addressed the matter? I'd like to know your thoughts. At MKT Inspires, the MKT show. Um, So let's make it hashtag Arteta talk. Hashtag Arteta talk. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Mikel Arteta. Remember to like, share, subscribe to the show and please do leave a rating for the show. You know how to do that if you listen to podcasts. I am going to finish off with a um, a young little a young little DM, you know what I mean? What do you call the mailbag? I call it Inschlanschla. 
ne glaube ntlantla ndlovu ntlantla gacheni if you want to look him up he's a freelance photographer look him up and he's a runner so you know he's a good guy i see him with his medal here he's got a jobic 10k medal in his mouth so go follow ntlantla uh, gacheni and if you need a freelance photographer hit him up he's got his details on there you can uh, i'm sure slide in the dms um you know he's got a shoot here at westgate with a beautiful lady she's got green hair he knows what he's doing you know oh he knows what he's doing listen some of his works on there and he's a runner so go go support that's uh is n-h-l-a-n-h-l-a and then it's g-a-t-s-h-e-n-i so Nschlanschla Gacheni, but I think his handle is Nschlanschla Naglovu, which is N H L A N H L A down dash or what we call underscore. If you uh, went to private school, um, you you bastards who think you're better than us, and then Naglovu is N D L O V U underscore Nschlanschla Naglovu. So it's Nschlanschla down dash. Naglovu down dash. He says, MKT, hope you're well, brother. So I wanted to get your thoughts on leadership. Oh, I like this question already. And leadership types. Watching the Tottenham versus Chelsea uh, build up and legendary, quite rightly, uh, happy birthday to this man today, by the way. Legendary Joe, the legendary Joe Cole mentions that Reese James has a quiet leadership. Do you think this is effective? And how does that work as a leader in Reese James' situation? How do you yield respect if you're not available as the team leader? Or maybe he's just the face that Chelsea board are punting, which I think is a fair thing to say. He's a Chelsea lad. Looking at Reese James versus Thiago, Thiago Silva type leadership, I would prefer the latter. Love a vocal captain. Look forward to your thoughts. Safe travels from Paris. Sauda. Thank you. I made it safely back from Paris. Thanks, Le Chanchelot. Great question. I love that question. I love, I love leadership. You know, I've been under all sorts of uh, leadership in my life. I think as long as, you know, if you look at, uh, so let's, let's use the, the great dynasties, John Terry, uh, the great Roy Keane, they're very different leaders from Patrick Vieira, you know. Even uh, Vincent Company is more of a cerebral guy. I'm not just saying that because he's got a massive cranium like me, massive head, that guy. Um, you know, th- th- there is different leadership styles because I think one of the things about leadership as we're learning about it, and I've got, I've got a couple of books behind me as I'm recording this podcast on leadership. And, um, y- you know, if, you, if you've ever read, if you haven't read Machiavelli's The Prince, I think that's probably the best book on leadership um, that you, 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 everyone should read. You, you know, the U.S. Consul... Uh, consulate still has to read. So if you're going to join, uh, one of the things they give you as a part of your starter pack, if you're going to be a U.S. politician, is um, Machiavelli's The Prince. It's part of your starter pack. I know that from somebody who works there. Is you've got to understand how to get the best out of people. And if Reese James isn't vocal, but he's created a leadership panel. That's fine. Some people like Roy Keane, that type of leadership will concentrate the power in themselves, right? And that also works. Because at the end of the day, particularly high level, it's just about getting results. It's about getting people on board and getting results. So Tiago Silva, again, he'll invest the power in himself. He's more of an emperor type of guy. Whereas I would say Reese James may be the type of guy who's, if you're using sort of religious or middle-aged type leadership, he might be a bishop of... I'm going to build a panel and have a power base and then I'll just be the face of it kind of thing, you know, um, as the bishops were back in the day, uh, particularly in British in British society. And and, and they were, so th- th- there are what you call king makers and often people, people would say, actually the power never lay in the crown in certain parts of history. It lay within the bishops and those who, who, who make, the, who make the, the wheels of justice and the wheels of power turn. Um, so you've got to understand the subtleties of leadership because what you've got to do again is understand your role, play your role, is that you've got to know who you are. The one thing about alpha males, right? That and I've been, I've, 
I've been around them in my opinion in terms of sport. I'm not I'm not saying life. It's just I've been in alpha male environments. The one thing you can't do, you can lie to the public and you can lie to coaches. You can't lie to players. Because guys know, by the way. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Um I'll never forget in under four, 15, I think 14 or 15, I can't remember what year it was. Anyway, we had a really, really, really big moment against our our rivals. And the, the the guy who the coaches had selected as the captain, and and he was more that vocal sort of classic head boy style guy. Um, and I literally, I mean, I'm not being funny. It was me who said, "You, you be quiet," because we had our captain, right? The coaches didn't want to pick him. There were certain reasons, whatever. If you've played sport, you understand. But I said, "Whatever this guy says," and I brought everyone in. Right, I, I, I wasn't the captain, but I, I've always been mouthy. Um, and anyway, we knew who our captain was. I said, whatever this guy says, we will live and die with what this guy says because he was our leader. He was the guy we followed. So the one thing about the different leadership styles is at some stage, if it's not working, it's going to come out quite quickly, especially in those environments, which is why I think you see it falling apart with like a good example now is Bruno Fernandes. Like that doesn't look good. What's going on there, you know? It's a mess. It's a shambles. It's a shambles. He's got to get that dressing room under order. The Anthony thing, and now there's Marcus Rashford partying, and then, like, it's just a shambles. So it's not working. He He's not leading. He's just wearing the captain's armband. Right? So I would say be yourself. The one thing in leadership amongst men, again, I want to talk for men. Be yourself. Don't try and be... A lot, a lot of people try and be what they think a leader should, should look like. Very quickly at that level, you get found out. You can't lie to guys. You can't lie. Like, they see you every day. At some stage, you're going to expose yourself. So for me, it, whatever works to get results in leadership. And some leaders aren't humble enough to, to do that. Because some people think they're Roy Keane, by the way. And they're not. Because when you concentrate the power in yourself, you've got to be a different type of guy. That's why there's only been sort of one Roy Keane, one John Terry, one Tony Adams, you know. The, those types of guys don't come along often. So, again, Roy Keane's very rare because he's arguably the greatest midfielder the Premier League's ever seen, box to box, right? And the greatest leader. Like, that doesn't happen. You you very rarely get those two, you know, like Paolo Maldini doesn't come along every generation. That's just, it's a once in a human generation where he's a world-class player and then he's also got the intangibles to lead and and natural. By the way, leadership, I mean, I don't think you can make leaders. It's got to, it's a personality thing. And I'm still trying to understand what the word personality means because it can be changed in your, in your youth. But be be who you got to be. And I'm not opposed to either style, by the way. And if Reese James gets results and keeps the dressing room under control, because that's another thing I have to tell people. Dressing rooms run themselves. Managers don't run dressing rooms, not at that level. Because what you have to understand, especially in the modern day, the players make more than the managers now. It's on the captains to run the dressing room. It always has been. Roy Keane ran the dressing room. Patrick Vieira ran the dressing room. Vincent Company ran the dressing room. And these great leaders, even the ones who, who invest power in themselves, they have a power base. They know, they know exactly which buttons to push. They know who the cool guys are in the dressing room, who people will listen to. And, and you know, there's all sorts of ways to express power, right? From the dominant type of power to what they call soft power, how you exercise power as well as a spectrum. And these great leaders understand this, whether uh, through tacit learning or, or it's just something you learn on the job. So for me, will they get results? I don't mind which leadership style. I prefer Roy Keane. So I'm with you. I prefer a dominant male, like alpha male leader. Personally, I'll be honest, I don't really like the Reese James style of leadership. I like Tony Adams. I like a rah-rah. But, but I'm a passionate, like, like that gets to me, you know, like if you want to get me going, you, you got to get in my face. I, I'm not the kind of person who you leave alone and I don't get motivated by, by people who lead by purely by example. Obviously you've got to lead by example to some extent, but I also like, I, I like an orator, you know, I like, I like a, like, I like somebody who's going to get up and, 
and 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 sort of rile the troops. I pre- I prefer that style of leadership. But I've seen Patrick Vieira and Vincent Company work. You know, I saw David Silva work. Kevin De Bruyne, not not the not the loudest. Gundogan, not the loudest. You know, but these are all dynastic captains. And then you get your Carlos Puyol, who's just Carles uh, Puyol, who's just a warrior. You know, Iker Casillas, not not a yeller, but a legend of the game. You know, Sergio Ramos, of course, on the other side of the spectrum. Uh, you look at Germany, Mats Hummels, more reserved. Um, you look at Tony Kroos, you know, part of that great German era when he came in. Uh, to be skipper, you know, so it's sort of quiet and reserved. So, so all of these styles matter, but can you get the synergy correct is what's important. And is your leadership willing to be honest with itself as to what is needed for, for winning? So for me, uh, to answer you again, I'll finish off to say I prefer Roy Keane, the, 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 the what I think you say you prefer, the vocal leader, Thiago Silva. I also prefer that, but let's see how it goes with Reese James. And I'm a little bit nervous about it. Because, again, I, I, do, I like an alpha male. And Reese James doesn't strike me as that. Like, he, he strikes me as a bit of too cool for school kind of guy. He's, I mean, he's a magnificent player. I love the player. Um, and I, I'm really concerned, though. You can't be captain if you're never available. Because I can't be a hypocrite. Because he's one of my favorite players. But he's never available. And I've always said availability is the greatest ability. You can't be the captain if you can't play. So, so that's one thing I've always believed. If you're, if you're not good enough to be in the team, right, you can't be the captain. You shouldn't be picking somebody as a captain first and a player second. And Reese James's problem isn't quality, it's availability. And if he's never available, he shouldn't be the captain. I'm sorry, I, I don't play that. I don't play that. Your captain has to be somebody that's going to play 85% of your games. And the, the simple truth is this. Injured young is injured old. Reese James's life isn't changing. Problem for Reese James is he's got that BBW body. Where if he eats even a crumpet, his you know his body is gonna head that way. So it's tough to keep that kind of body in the. It's like Luke Shaw, right? Although Luke Shaw is a bit much. Uh, sorry, if Reese James ever listens to this podcast, maybe I've I've done you wrong there. It's not quite Luke Shaw. I mean, bloody hell, Luke Shaw. What a brute. Stay away from McDonald's. What are you doing? Anyway, I'm back. Nishlanchla, I hope that answers your question. Uh, at MKT Inspires, if you'd like your question answered on the mailbag. Or if you've just got thoughts. By the way, it doesn't have to be football. I, I like a little bit of everything. I, I like a little bit of everything. I'm back from Paris. Back in Joburg. Yes, I'm happy to be home. Listen, France was amazing, but flipping hell. It's great to be back home. Great to be back in South Africa. Great to be back home. Um, and the sun, oh, just absolutely loving it. Um, going to have an incredible rest of the year. We're back two times a week. People are complaining. Brew, have you given up on podcasting? When are you coming back? I'm back. Sorry, it was tough out there. I was getting stuck in. I was, I'm a bachelor on the road. You know what I mean? I was getting stuck in. So I, was in I was in bloody Dijon. I'm in Burgundy. I was, I was in the Duke of Burgundy's house. Built in uh, the 13th century. In Dijon. It's crazy. Oak had, Oak had three castles that he could see from one another. He could walk to every castle. Incredible. Duke of Normandy. Dijon. Then I was in Lyon. It's crazy out there, Oaks. You know what I mean? I got some stories from there. Maybe I'll tell them. Can't tell, can't tell all of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Boys on tour. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. And for now, I am the hell out of here.